0: Let's say a prayer before we dig into the scripture this morning. Jesus, we love you. Uh, We're grateful that you're with us whenever we're gathered together. So thankful for this church community, God, that you've created, that you've called into being over the last 10 years, and happy to be part of all the different things that you're doing through it. Pray for every single person gathered here, God, that uh, no matter what's going on in our lives, that we would feel your love and your forgiveness, your grace, your mercy towards us today. God, that you'd give us uh, open hearts and open minds as we listen to what you've um, given to us in the Bible and how we might be able to engage in that in our lives today. Uh, Help us to hear the thing that you want us to hear this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody, we're in this conversation called Fresh Start. And today I want to talk to you about one thing that you need to do in order to make a fresh start in 2019. And as we were, I was, we were thinking about this this week, uh, I started thinking about all the people I know who would raise their hand if you asked them, "Would you like some sort of fresh start with respect to organization in your life?" Okay, organization. I mean, like your your desk, if you have a desk at school or work, is it could just use a little bit of help, right? You have a closet at where you live in your apartment or in your home that could use a little help, or maybe you're in a spot where at, uh, in your car, your car could use a little organizational help. Very quiet in the auditorium at the moment. So I started watching this show last week called Tidying Up. Anybody seen it? Wow, look at that. Tidying Up. Okay, if you haven't seen Tidying Up, it's a Netflix show, right? There's this little tiny woman named Marie. She packs a punch though, she's powerful. And people on the show are in different different forms of organizational crisis. And they invite this kind woman, gentle woman, into their house. And she kind of comes in and she's going to help them get organized. Which means decluttering their space. It means figuring out what they really need to keep of the things that they have and what they need to let go of. Uh, it means organizing things with tiny boxes, I think. That's what I'm picking up on. you got to have a lot of tiny boxes to organize your stuff. And I've only watched a little bit of this show. I'm not, I haven't seen you know a whole season or anything, but what I love about it is that it, it is about, it's, the whole show is about people who need a fresh start, right? People who are saying, on some level, my organizational life is overwhelming me and I'm a little bit paralyzed by it. I don't really know how to get organized, or what to do with these things that are bringing stress into my life. So the star of the show, Marie, she comes in, she basically has one approach to everything, as far as I can tell. Some of you who are experts in the show will tell me later, but I don't totally understand it. That's cool. Come tell me afterwards. She comes in, though, and she basically says, whatever room you're in, kitchen, laundry room, garage, bedroom, whatever, get all your stuff out. Bring it all out. Wherever it's hiding, get it out. Stick it in the middle of the room. It's in your bedroom. Take everything in your bedroom, stick it on the bed. And then you kind of stand back like this. And she just kind of stands there with a smile on her face. She's like, look, you have a lot of stuff. <laughs> and then everybody in the show is like, I have a lot of stuff. And then from that point, she, she's trying to help them figure out what, she uses the language of what sparks joy in your life, what brings happiness into your life, what what brings life to you. If those, if something that you own brings life, then keep it. If it doesn't, let it go. People are, uh, as far as I can tell, experiencing a lot of change in their life by going through this process of figuring out how to organize their daily life in a different way than they were used to before. Um And I'm amazed to watch the show as an example of how do you actually go through transformation? How do you change something in your life that maybe you know you want to change, you don't necessarily know how to change, but you need somebody to help you take some steps. And it's not enough to just read a book about being organized. It's not enough to listen to 18 podcasts about organized people and how they live their lives, right? You actually have to get your stuff out and stick it in the middle of the room, and look at it, and go, I really have to do something differently than what I'm currently doing. So what I want to talk about today is, metaphorically speaking, you know, as an analogy, what stuff do you have to get out and put in the middle of the room? Maybe it's actual physical things, maybe it's emotional things, maybe it's spiritual things, maybe it's financial things. What stuff do you have to get out and put in the middle of the room so you can see it and then go, all right, I have to do something differently here. What's one thing that you have to do differently in 2019 to connect with God and grow in your relationship with Christ? What's one thing in 2019? So I want to read this passage in Romans chapter 12 because it's a pretty classic change passage in the Bible. It's a transformation passage. I'm going to read this first couple of verses and kind of unpack the way in which God invites us to change in particular areas of our lives. So here's what it says in Romans chapter 12. He says, Therefore, uh, writing to the church in Rome, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, God's grace, to offer your bodies, your whole lives, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's just focus on these couple verses for a minute. Paul starts out by saying, in light of all that Christ has done for us, which he's described in the first 11 chapters of this book, in light of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection, and the freedom we can find in Christ and forgiveness through faith. He says, in light of that, in view of God's mercy to you, offer your whole life, your body, your your whole existence as a living sacrifice to to God. Another way to say that is surrender control of your whole life over to God's leadership. If you want to change, if you want something to be new in your life, if you need a fresh start, start by surrendering your whole life over to God. And I, I couldn't help draw the analogy here to The level of vulnerability and slash embarrassment it takes to get all your stuff out and just stick it in the middle of a room, especially on international television, right? That that just for some of us anyway, there's just this level of, here's my stuff. I know I need to enter into this stage of vulnerability in order for any meaningful change to take place after that. And that's what God is inviting us to do Don't pretend that you can hide things in your life from God. You can't. It requires some vulnerability to admit that you need God's help in some area of your life or another. And as we talked about two weeks ago, the starting place of realizing that no matter what stuff is in the middle of your room, God's grace and God's mercy is God's first response to anything that's going on in your life. And through that forgiveness and a a reconciled relationship, a renewed relationship with God and other people, as Stephanie talked about last week, now we can act on it in a different way. We don't have to feel shame about all the stuff that's in the middle of the room. We don't have to feel worried about what other people think about all the stuff that's in the middle of our room. We do have to acknowledge that there's a whole bunch of stuff in the middle of the room. And we really have to do something about that. And God is inviting us to do something about that. Now, many conversations about change, if you actually want to change in your life, it requires us to behave our way into new thinking, not just think our way into new behaviors. And one thing I love about the change process on this goofy little TV show is that they just invite people to start doing things differently. Here's how you would organize differently. Here's how you get rid of things. Here's how you put stuff in tiny boxes. Here's how you start to de-stress and declutter your life. I know that you don't understand what it's going to look like on the other stand, but just do this anyway. Try right now. I think God is inviting us through in passages like this to say, if you offer your whole life to Christ, if you trust that God can lead you in a positive direction, if you're vulnerable enough to admit the things that you need help with, then from that place, God can start transforming you and renewing your mind. So the second piece here, uh, in these verses, is that God invites us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That assumes this vulnerability that God will teach us something if we're open to it, and that we'll re- our thinking will be renewed and our experience will be renewed so we have a deeper understanding of who God is and what God wants for us and from us. I started thinking about areas of life that you all have talked about over the year where you need transformation, where we need transformation. So let me make this really concrete. What if we need transformation and the renewal of our minds in the area of our our worship and our prayer and our connection to God? Maybe you've raised your hand over the last couple sermons and said, yeah, my prayer life stinks. I'm not really talking to God. And when I come to worship, I'm sort of just going through the motions or I quit going to worship really mostly. I made it like three times last year. Maybe there's a spot where you need a fresh start in that area of your life. And God's inviting you to be vulnerable about that and admit it and take some steps, which we'll talk about in a second. As we think about Martin Luther King Day, I know for a lot of us, one of the areas that's really vulnerable for us and it feels like uh, risky to talk about is our, in our lack of cultural competence. Our lack of ability to relate to people who are different from us. There are all sorts of barriers that come with this. There are barriers for white people who are understanding that they need to grow in their ability to engage with people who aren't white and understand what it's like to be white and not to be white. People who aren't white in Minnesota culture who live in the minority, engaging with folks who aren't like them and figuring out how to engage in a culture that, where they're not the dominant presence. We all need to grow in this as a church, and we're going to talk about some steps that we can take in that as well. Maybe the area where you need transformation is in your emotional or spiritual or financial health. Some of you are taking a class on emotional, healthy spirituality right now. Some of you are taking a class on financial health and generosity right now. That's amazing. Maybe that's the area where you need to get all your stuff out and stick it in the middle of the room and say, God, I need to be an emotionally healthier person. I need to be a financially healthier person. I need to be a spiritually healthier person. There's so many barriers for people to just admit that and invite God into it. But Jesus is inviting us to be transformed in some of those areas. I could make this list forever long. I know for some of you, parenting is an area where you need transformation. You're maybe not sure how to parent kids of a particular age. You're maybe not sure how to parent kids in the screen age or the information age. There are so many questions that come with that. So what I want to encourage you to think about this morning is we imagine being transformed by the renewing of our mind as the text says that you can name one tangible step that you can take in one of these areas or some other area that I haven't named so that you can start to experience God's transformation. If you're struggling in your worship and your prayer life, decide to start acting in a new way. Decide to start talking to God while you're walking, while you're working out, while you're you're commuting to your job back and forth on a train or bus or in a car. Carve out some five minutes a day where you can start behaving your way into some new thinking. Find some way to do prayer with other people so you're sure to do it. Take some step towards God so that God can meet you in that space. Don't just think about, hope hope for a different worship life in 2019. Choose some action that you can do. Come to worship one more time a month than you had been coming. Find somebody to ask that spiritual question of that you haven't been able to ask. Meet with a pastor, meet with a trusted friend, and tell them, describe for them what your spiritual life is actually like at this moment. If you need development in cultural competence, there are a number of ways to do that through Mill City Church. We have a class that we offer every once in a while, every on a rotating basis, uh, on this very topic, where you get to take a test called the IDI, which helps you understand where you're starting from in terms of your cultural competence. Are you somebody who really is able to engage with people who are different from you? Are you somebody who tends to minimize the differences between you and other people? Are you somebody who's in polarization where you're just totally denying the reality that people are different from you? It doesn't really matter where you are on that spectrum. The key is to understand where you are and how you can grow. Maybe you need to develop a friendship in 2019 with somebody who's really different from you and comes from a very different background than you do. Maybe you need to read some books by people who don't look like you or aren't from where you're from. Maybe you need to listen to podcast people and thinkers and leaders who are from different backgrounds. This is, not, uh, this is not a hobby for Mill City Church. We have got to collectively increase our cultural competence, not just because uh, we think that's important, because we can't be the church of Jesus Christ if we're in a monocultural expression. God has designed us to be a diverse group of people who all worship the King from every tribe, nation, and tongue, and language. This is why we sing songs in different languages. We're not doing it just for the sake of doing it. We're doing it because we think that's how God created us as a church. And so there's no shame in admitting wherever you're starting from in terms of really understanding other cultures, but we all have to grow this year. All of us do. In order for us to be the church that God wants us to be. Um, Whether you're, if your area is emotional or spiritual or financial help, I, I encourage you to talk to someone that seems like the bi- biggest barrier for change for most people to be transformed by the renewing of their mind in these areas is to take the first step and say, my, my, my financial life's a mess. I really do need to talk to a counselor about this thing that's been going around in my head forever. I really do need to talk to a pastor or a wise person about the spiritual questions that I have because they're holding me back and I'm wanting to give up. Most people, when we get into these conversations with them, the first thing they said is it took me a year, it took me two years, it took me three years to just admit that I needed to talk to somebody about this. That's normal, but just don't stay there. Make that timeline shorter, take a risk, use the resources we have on our website or ask Stephanie or ask me and and allow us to help you get farther on that. In the area of parenting, we need all the parents of Mill City to feel towards the other parents of Mill City that we're all in this together, and man, this is a hard job. Can I get an amen? If I can get an amen about anything in this church, that was your chance, parenting people. Man, this is a hard job, right? It's a really hard job, and we need to help each other, and we need to talk about things like how we train kids to be generous, how we talk to them about sexuality, how we talk about technology and how they're using it or not using it. We've got to grow in some of those things. So one of you, raise your hand and say, that's going to be my thing this year. I'm going to teach my kids how to be generous. I'm going to talk with my kids every Tuesday about how they're using their technology. I'm going to engage with other people's children and just say their names when I see them on Sunday morning and affirm who they are. We need some steps to take in those areas. And the text says that if we surrender our life to God, if we're vulnerable, and if we um, are transformed by the renewing of our minds and taking these actions, we will be able to determine what God's will is. God's perfect and pleasing and good will. And I think that's amazing because I I struggle in my life sometimes to know, how sure do I have to be about what God wants me to do before I do it? Do I have to be 25% sure or 50% sure or 90% sure or 100% sure? What this text is teaching us here is to say, if you're willing to be vulnerable before God, if you're willing to be transformed in these areas of your everyday life where God wants to do transformation, as you step into that, God's will becomes clearer to you. It becomes less of a mystery. It's not this puzzle that you can't figure out. You start to see what God is doing more clearly. You start to see how you can join into those things uh, as you think about your life and your gifts. So when you read the next handful of verses here that Paul writes, you'll hear his invitation to then do the things that God has gifted you to do as you understand God's will more and more clearly. Here's what it says in verse 3 of the same chapter, 12 in Romans. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then then give generously. If it's leading, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I'd encourage you to go find that piece of Scripture right there, those last few verses, on the internet, BibleGateway.com. Print them out, stick them on your fridge for a week. If you have this gift, fill in the blank, Paul's saying, in light of God's grace, in light of God's mercy, in light of the fact that you can be vulnerable before God and be forgiven and made whole, about whatever's going on in your life, then whatever your gift is, do that. Be able to look back at the end of 2019 and say, hey man, I'm an encourager. I know that about myself. And I spent 2019 encouraging people. I'm a giver. I'm a generous person. I can't help but give to others. And when I look back at 2019, I gave everything I had. I'm a teacher. I'm a caregiver. I'm somebody who knows how to pray for people. When I pray for people, I can feel that they're encouraged and that God hears me. Then at the end of 2019, you want to be able to look back and say, I prayed for people. I stood on the side after communion and I prayed for people. Whatever your gift is, we need 100% participation from all of you in order for us to be the church. Not so that we can cover all our bases, but because we can't be the full expression of Mill City Church if you don't use your gift. That requires you to know your gift. If you don't know your gift, ask somebody who you trust, who you've known for a while. Say, what would you say that I'm gifted in? They'll tell you. But then don't just let that gift sit packaged up for all of 2019. Open it up. Let the rest of us benefit from it, all right? Selfishly. If you're good at something, I want to benefit from it. If I'm good at something, I want you to benefit from it, right? Act on your gifts. Do something with the things that God has given to you. If you can help us in our church to teach our kids well, to connect people to Mill City Church as they come in, if you like to be a behind-the-scenes person to set up things at Sheridan so that we can host people in a public school every week, join a crew team. If you can uh, reach out to somebody who's going through a hard time and provide a meal as an expression of God's love to them, join the care team. There are a number of ways to be involved in Mill City Church. I don't care which one you do, but I want you to do one of them. I want you to use your gift, and I want us to all benefit and see God's love through you. Let me invite the band to come up as I conclude. Here's one thing I was thinking about that's really a little challenging. I'm going to end on a challenging note. You think about your everyday life. Anytime you ask somebody how they're doing, Many, many times the response will be, man, I'm busy. Anybody planning to be real busy in 2019? That's your plan? I hope to be real busy. Everybody feels real busy. Here's the hard reality. Every person in the room has the exact number of minutes as everybody else every week. I know, shocking. (laughs) At least you learned something new at church today. We all have the exact number of minutes. We have the exact amount of time The question is, how can we prioritize our time in 2019 so that we're vulnerable before the Lord, so we can be transformed and we can use the gifts that God's given to us, so we can be part of what God is doing? I think that's what God wants on the top of our list. So I hope that you'll go home today and think about where are you using your time? How can you create space for the things that matter most to you? How can you declutter and get rid of some of the things in your calendar that are preventing you from doing the things that God has gifted you to do? Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We're grateful that you always lead with grace and mercy and kindness and love and forgiveness. We're also grateful, God, that you take us from that place of receiving that grace and love and mercy and challenging us to be the people that you created us to be. God, help us at the same time to feel your love and acceptance, but also help us deal with our mess, God, in our lives. Help us to take some actions in 2019 that will move us forward in these key areas of our life, in our relationship with you, in our relationship with others, in exercising the gifts that we have, in growing in the competencies that you want for us in our lives. Don't let us sit sit down and sit out in 2019, God. Help us to take one thing, one step, one action that we might be transformed and become more like you, Jesus, so that you would receive glory and honor when people look at us as individuals or as a church, that people would be proud to say that they know you, Jesus, when they look at our lives. That's what we want. Guide us and challenge us and encourage us and give us the resources we need to be able to focus on the things that you want us to focus on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.